Welcome to another edition of Focus on the Kingdom. This is Anthony Buzzard inviting you again to search the Scriptures with us as we continue with our investigation of Jesus' famous and favorite topic, the Gospel or Good News about the Kingdom of God. We've been pointing out that Jesus was a Jew who must be understood in his own first century Palestinian and Jewish background. It doesn't make any sense that we try to read our own 20th century Western ideas into the Bible. We have to take Jesus on his own terms, and to establish a relationship with him, it makes sense that there must be a meeting of the minds. In order to understand the mind of Jesus, we have to read his words. Words, after all, are simply a reflection of thought, and the thoughts of Jesus have been recorded for us in those famous words of the New Testament which give us the records of his ministry. But Jesus himself, being a Jew, was rooted in his ideas in the Hebrew Bible, that 77% of the Bible, which we rather mistakenly call the Old Testament. Jesus was a Jew. Salvation is of the Jews, he himself said. And so it's incumbent upon us as disciples of Jesus to study that Jewish Jesus in his Jewish environment. The principal ideas of Jesus are found in the book of Daniel. All the main elements of his teaching are contained in those wonderful chapters, those twelve chapters of the book of Daniel. And in addition, of course, Jesus' ideas are rooted in that entirety of the Old Testament scriptures from Genesis to Malachi. Now, Jesus spoke of the kingdom of God as his principal theme. The kingdom of God is virtually a synonym for the Christian faith. According to Jesus, Christians are called disciples of the kingdom. You'll find that in the 13th chapter of Matthew. And Jesus warned that the devil was intent on removing the saving message of the kingdom, which must take root in our hearts if the salvation process is to begin. And salvation in the Bible means the gaining of immortality in the future resurrection and having a part in that future kingdom to be established on the earth when Jesus returns. In the book of Daniel, we have an account of those last troubled times just before the second coming. There's going to be a period of extreme distress, of unparalleled and unimaginable suffering just before the good times of the kingdom. And the church will not be removed from that period of trial and tribulation. There is a theory that Jesus is going to come back and remove the church and take it to heaven so that, in effect, the church would be able to watch these events at a great distance a kind of balcony spectator position, while the earth suffers at the hands of the Antichrist, the church, according to that theory, would be removed far from all tribulation. Now, that theory, unfortunately, is not true to our New Testament documents. There's no hint anywhere in the New Testament that Jesus will come back before the period of final tribulation. Now, that final period of tribulation is based on certain prophecies given in the book of Daniel, According to Daniel chapter 9, there's a period of 490 years which has been marked out as of special prophetic significance in God's plan. 69 of those 70 periods of seven years have elapsed. Jesus was crucified and cut off and did not receive the kingdom. But we're interested in that second half of the 26th verse of Daniel 9, where we encounter the events destined to occur just before the second coming of Christ. We read there of an evil prince, a hostile prince, who is going to come and destroy the city and the sanctuary. 
Now, the exact order of the words in this very condensed message given by the angel are important at this point. I'll read you these precious words as they occur and as they appear in the original Hebrew text. We read that the city and the sanctuary are going to be destroyed by the people of the prince who is to come, and his end will come in the flood. Even to the end there will be war. Desolations have been decreed. Now that tells us that this period of seven years at the end of this age, prior to the coming age of the kingdom, are going to be characterized by war. War is determined and desolations are also decreed. Daniel 9, verse 26, the second part of that verse. And then in verse 27 we read of the final activity of this wicked anti-Christian figure. He's going to make a firm covenant with the majority or the many for a period of seven years. But for half of that period of seven years, namely three and a half years, he's going to put a stop to sacrifice and grain offering, and on the wing of abominable things, he's going to come desolating until a complete destruction, one that's decreed, is poured out on the desolator. Now, the story is essentially simple here. This desolating figure, the anti-Christian figure, will rage and carry on a desolating campaign for a period of three and a half years. His intent will be to destroy the Israelite people and the Christian believers. He'll interfere with the temple, he'll destroy the sacrificial system, but at the end of that period, destruction is destined for him. And so the 70 weeks, or the 490-year prophecy of Daniel 9, ends with the destruction of the desolator, as we read in that 27th verse of Daniel 9, this desolation on the part of the desolator will go on until a complete destruction, one that's decreed, is poured out on the one who causes the desolation. The abomination of desolation, in other words, will himself become desolated. And that's the end of the prophecy. And that signals then the beginning of the kingdom of God following the period of the evil tyrant's rule and destructive campaign in the Middle East. I have to tell you that the abomination of desolation is a key element in the prophecies given by Jesus in Matthew 24. And so I make no apology for doing the detail of these prophecies in Daniel, because Jesus himself pointed us to these prophecies when he spoke of the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel, Matthew 24, verse 15. In that section of the anchor of prophecy, the famous Olivet prophecy in Matthew 24, Jesus tells us that the appearance of what he called the abomination of desolation, parallel to the man of sin or the Antichrist in Paul's writings, will trigger a time of incredible suffering and tribulation in the Middle Eastern area. The abomination of desolation will somehow interfere with a holy place perhaps a reconstructed temple, and from there on until the end of the age when Jesus comes back, there will be what's called great tribulation, such as has not been since the creation of the world, and, in the words of Jesus, will never be again. But those days are going to be shortened for the sake of the elect, for the sake of those suffering Christians who are being persecuted on a horrifying scale at that time. According to Daniel 7, this same evil ruler, the one, you remember, whose mouth utters great boasts 
and who has the eyes of a man, this person will rage only for a limited period, for three and a half years again. At the end of that time, the court will sit, and the judgment will be determined against this evil ruler, whereupon the kingdom of God will be established, and the power to rule the world will be given to Jesus and the saints. The story in Daniel is a unified story. Each of the prophecy chapters, chapter 7, chapter 8, chapter 9, and chapters 11 and 12, all point in the same direction. They all speak of a final time of unequaled and unparalleled tribulation, followed by the arrival of the kingdom of God. In the eighth chapter of Daniel, we read that the holy place is going to be finally restored. That's another way of saying that the kingdom of God will be established. When the holy place is restored, then the kingdom of God will have come. The holy place is a kind of microcosm of the kingdom itself. And so at the end of this period of interference in the sacrificial system in Israel, the kingdom of God will finally arrive. That period will last some three and a half years, and the evil anti-Christian figure will come to his end in a flood of judgment to be poured out upon him by the returning Messiah. Paul spoke in 2 Thessalonians 2 verse 8 of the Messiah returning and destroying with the breath of his lips the evil person. He was there quoting from Isaiah chapter 11 and verse 4, where the same evil person is going to come to his end in a fearful supernatural event which will cause his death and removal from the scene. And the story there, you'll notice, is exactly what we've been finding in the ninth chapter of Daniel. The 27th verse talks of a decreed destruction which will put an end to the desolator. Remarkably, also in Isaiah, in chapter 10 and verse 22, we read that destruction is determined, overflowing with righteousness. There's going to be a destruction of the wicked. In other words, it's been decreed, and the result of it will be the introduction of a time of righteousness in the kingdom of God. A destruction which is determined in Isaiah chapter 10 and verse 22 reminds us of the same language in Daniel 9 verse 27. All of these events have been decreed in God's plan and the events of the end time will not be allowed to proceed beyond God's permission. There will be a time of terrible destruction. It's been decreed by God, as we read in Daniel 9:27, in Isaiah 10 and verse 22. But that time will come to an end as the desolator, the final abomination of desolation, is himself destroyed. And again in Isaiah chapter 28 and verse 22, the prophet wrote that he'd heard from the Lord God of hosts of a decisive destruction on all the earth. A destruction that's been decreed, in other words. The language is parallel to Daniel 9, verse 27, and Isaiah 10, verse 23. So let's summarize our findings. We note that in Daniel, in many prophecies, in five prophecy chapters, the pattern is the same. There's going to be a time of unequaled and indescribable suffering just prior to the second coming of Jesus when the kingdom will be inaugurated. Jesus referred to these events in Matthew 24, in one of his longest discourses, he urged disciples to be aware of what's coming at the end of the age. He spoke of the abomination of desolation, which is an evil person interfering with the temple service in Jerusalem. And from that moment, there would be a period of three and a half years of extreme difficulty and tribulation in the Middle Eastern area. 
Jesus spoke of that time of tribulation as being unprecedented in the history of the world, but immediately after that time of trouble and distress, he said that the sun would be darkened, there'd be cosmic disturbances and signs in the sky, and then they would see the Son of Man arriving in power to destroy the wicked and to establish the kingdom of God on the earth. If we believe in making a relationship with Jesus, it makes sense that we want to unite our minds with his. Paul in 1 Corinthians 2 verse 16 says that we Christians should have the mind of the Messiah. Now we learn that mind by learning the words and the teachings of Jesus. It makes no sense to say that we have a relationship with a person unless we're thinking as that person thinks. Jesus thought in a particular way about the end of the age. He went to a great deal of trouble to give a long discourse giving details of the events to happen just before the second coming. It would seem to be our duty as Christians not only to study these words in detail, to refer back to the book of Daniel as Jesus directed us, and to understand those prophecies in the book of Daniel. There are many who seek to understand the book of Revelation and sometimes find that extremely difficult because they have not done sufficient work and prior study in the book of Daniel and the other prophets of the Old Testament, the Hebrew Bible, because those Old Testament prophets, especially the book of Daniel, form the basis of the entire prophetic understanding of Jesus as given us in Matthew 24 and later in the book of Revelation. We invite you to request from us a copy of the tape you're listening to, an article on the famous 70 weeks prophecy of Daniel, another article on Matthew 24 and its connection with Daniel, and also our free book on the kingdom of God. We invite you to study these important issues in your own Bible at home and join us again as we continue with our ongoing investigation of Jesus' favorite topic, the gospel about the kingdom of God.